little girl, I went through this period of time where I was experimenting with words, some of which were appropriate and some which were not. <laughs> and I had a babysitter who, um, in an effort to try and correct my choices with my language, gave me uh, an opportunity to choose well and said, if it happens again, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. That was a pretty strong motivator for me. So back in the bedroom playing Barbies with one of my sisters. And she just looks up and says, I'm going to go tell that you said something that I didn't say. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I chase her out. No, don't tell. Well, what does that look like? Um, so I became very acquainted with dial gold. So, and the taste of that, which was really awful. I still remember it. I still see it. Um, but sometimes we go through life experiences and we just let them go. For me, I'm not sure, but it was pretty yucky <laughs> after my mouth cleaned up. Uh, oh, I never, I never spoke another word after that, I'll tell you. Um, another inappropriate word. Um, but for whatever reason, I took a life lesson from that. And I learned that I didn't have power. And I carried that with me for a while. But God would help me do that. What I learned was, as I was trying to say what really happened, people weren't listening. And that was the lesson that I took, for whatever, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. from that. Power can be tricky. As we look at power, Forbes has, this, um, has a recent article on power, looking at power as influence. And some people look at power as, an ex, as something that's externally given to us. So by our title as a CEO of something, mm -hmm. or a director of something, or as a pastor, or as a leader, or a teacher uh, in some way, or something that's internally motivated, something that we conjure up from within. Power is also something that keeps things going, right? Our fuel. So last night as we were, or as I was driving yesterday, I took a look at my gas tank to make sure I was gonna have enough gas to get here this morning without having to stop, right, for fuel. If you've ever run out of gas, don't wanna do that. Uh, our cell phones, um, ever needed to do something important on your phone and oh, Durette forgot to charge it and the battery goes. You all have been hearing over the last month or two the our sagas with our sump pump <laughs> uh, in the time where our power went out and the battery backup wasn't fully engaged and the results of that we got very good at siphoning water out of our sump pump. Um, so power, so we look at power in that way. That, um, that, that fuels us and that keeps things going. And we look at power structures. So over the, over the weekend, we watched the Barbie movie. <laughs> we talked lots about power. We'll go into all the details there about but shifts of power and who has power over others. We look at, um, we look at politics. We look at the nations of our world. We look at um, power through celebrities through politicians, through others, power and being a parent. Uh, I remember when, when, our, when all of our guys were, were much younger, and one of them would occasionally have meltdowns, and there was this one meltdown that was happening one day, and the door was slamming in the bedroom. Um, and I'm like, you need to stop slamming the door. And slam, 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 because of course my power over him was, you're misbehaving, you need to go spend this time. And he's like, oh, 
all bubbled up, and then I'm trying to have him sit quietly in his room. You can't sit quietly when you're all full of stuff. He's, he's getting rid of this energy by banging his door. And I say, if you can't stop banging your door, I will take your door off. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you've ever done that. I never have, but I'm doing it. I'm like, oh man, I set the boundary. I have to do this thing. So I grab a screwdriver and I pop the hinges out and I lift this door. We're living in Minnesota at the time, and this is not a hollow door. It is a solid wood door and a bedroom at the top of the stairs. And I pull it off the hinges and there's this momentum that happens. I'm like, I'm going to hurl myself down the stairs. So I can calmly put it down. So we seek power and show power in lots of different ways. And sometimes as parents, we do well. And sometimes we don't. Um, I sought help yeah. <laughs> that day. Um, and we would learn to put words to some of the big feelings that he was experiencing, that we were experiencing. And, and be able to, to live in a way where we weren't throwing doors or throwing ourselves down the stairs. So as we look at our passage today, we're going to look at power, Jesus's power that he demonstrates in the synagogue as he's teaching one day. And in contrast to worldly power and the power that we may seek to, um, to seize, sometimes to take from other people, we see what Jesus does in his upside down kingdom. So let's read. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, Be quiet! Come out of the man, he ordered. At that the evil spirit screamed and threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. So, I just want to connect us where we are here. So, recap a little bit. This passage picks up right where we left off last week. So, this month we've been in the Gospel of Mark most of our weeks. And Mark is introducing Jesus and his ministry, connecting him with John the Baptist. And last week... Jesus comes once John the Baptist is in jail. Jesus comes and begins to preach to repent and believe the good news. And then he calls his first four disciples. He calls um, Peter and Andrew and then James and John. And then this, so that ended at verse 20, and this is the very next verse. So Jesus and his companions, so that's who, that's who we're talking about at this point in time. Um, in this, so we'll pick up here at verse, uh, at verse 21. Uh, the last thing that we saw in verse 20 was that they left and then they followed Jesus. So Jesus and his companions went to Capernaum. So Capernaum is a city on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, which is actually a great big lake, but it's massive and very deep. Um, there are towns, towns all around it, but this is the largest of the fishing towns. It's a thriving town, a lot of wealth. Headquarters for a lot of the Roman troops, so the Roman influences there were strong. 
lots of sin, lots of that excess. And we know from Matthew's gospel that Jesus had moved to Capernaum from Nazareth when he left yeah. Nazareth. So what you know, when is this happening? So it's on the Sabbath, and what does Jesus do? He goes to the synagogue and begins to teach. We know that that many of the Jews at the time would go to Jerusalem for the big for the big feast for Passover and for others, but for regular worship, there were synagogues in the different in the different towns, and so. Um, so Mark begins to walk us through. This is what Mark shares is, is Jesus' first, um, first ministry uh, experience that he captures here. So how was he received by the people just in these first couple verses uh, before, before the evil spirits uh, made themselves known? The people were amazed at his teaching, right? That he taught with real authority, unlike the scribes uh, and the teachers of the law. Like, wow, this there's something different in the way that Jesus is teaching. And then what happens? There's a man present in the synagogue. So already there, it's not like he comes flying in the door. Um, sometimes we are all bound by different things. And this, this person was possessed by an evil spirit who cries out and says, why are you interfering with, I don't know why when I read this, I want to have like this sci-fi Jesus. Like voice. <laughs> the, um, the, the mechanical voice as, as I read this in my that's what, it's what it sounds like in my head. Um, but so he's you know he cries out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He calls him my name. Oh boy. And it's is it and it's as if he's trying to take authority over because there's a thing about if you can know someone's hidden identity, it kind of gives you some power over mm -hmm. them. And so mm -hmm. this spirit is trying to to take authority. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He calls, him, he calls him by name. Have you come to destroy us? Us? So this is more than one spirit, right? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So let's stop here for a second. Jesus is teaching, right? People are already amazed at what he's saying, the authority that he's teaching with. And they're wondering, like, this is amazing. Like, what's different? Who is this? It's just the human experience, and then the demons know exactly the whole the because they are evil spirits on the spiritual level. They know exactly who Jesus, who Jesus is, in this moment. And then what's Jesus' response? It's like, be quiet. This authoritative, just as it was the words used here, the same ones in different parts of the Gospels where we read the the storm is is blowing, the winds are going, the waves are, the waves are churning, and he says to be still. It's that same authoritative boom, done. It's like, be quiet, silence, and he calls him to silence, and he tells him to come out of the man. Now it's this authoritative come out, and the evil spirit doesn't go quietly, <laughs> um, but comes out of the man. And what do the observers say? So, uh, no, I'm going to stop here. So, when this happens, unlike we might see in superhero movies, you know, superhero has a, has a victory, there's no celebration dance, there's no pumping, he's just like, he just goes right on with what he's doing. Like, he just, he takes care of business, he gets rid of the distraction. The, the distraction, and then continues. So, what are the observers seeing here? When they saw all of this, as we, we think about what did they see, and what did they hear, what did they say, what did they do, like that pattern that we've been looking at over some of the past weeks. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. 
what sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly, right? They were like, wow, this is really awesome. What, what, what did we just see? It has such authority. Even the evil spirits obey his orders. So if we use that same model of what they saw, heard, um, they saw what happened, they were amazed, they had discussion, and then the next verse in verse 28 says, the news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. So what did they do? They told people what they witnessed, what they had seen, which was something that they had never seen and couldn't imagine. So what can we take from this? As we Mark teaches in this story again, this is the first story that Mark chooses, and I love the way God works through his word. Like God, God inspired every word that's in the Bible. And he uses individual people and their personalities to write and convey. And so Mark is going directly to the identity, the authority, and the power of Jesus. So imagine his, his first disciples are witnessing this. So we've got um, Peter, James, John, and Andrew um, are right there watching this happen, and they're observing, and they're learning, which is, imagine sitting in church, and something like that happens, you know, Jesus just quickly, no grand incantations, or flowery things, he just, be silent, get out of this man, and we talk about Jesus, and we talk about the people, and the disciples, and what they see, but think about this man, who had been bound up, and possessed, feeling powerless over, sometimes over his actions, his thoughts even, his life, his words. And in that moment, just Jesus' words, be silent, get out of him, freed him, right? So what about you? Like, Is there something in your life that has you bound up? We can be bound up by all kinds of things. God usually works out a message in me before I bring it, and then he's been working through a bunch of stuff with me this week, too. Like, are there things that we are bound by, or influenced by, judgments of others, expectations of others, our tendencies to wander, experiences of our past that we find hard to let go of? Um, we say yes when we want to say no. Or we wall ourselves off and say no when we really want to say yes. Um, are we caught up in dreams or resentments or offenses or unforgiveness? Are there things that have us bound? And by bound, I mean they, they, they hamper us, like they keep us from fully living. Uh, they affect our thoughts. They affect the words we speak, the way we interact with other people. Reflect on that. Spend some time with God in there because Jesus wants to free all of us Amen. from all of those things Amen. that bind us, that he never intended, that God never intended for us to be bound up by, but it's so easy to happen as we go through life. So we see his authority in this passage, and we think about this man, what his life experience must have been like, feeling so out of control like our four-year-old son who was banging the door. Um, but just when, when you just feel felt out of control, he probably was judged. 
right. isolated. He probably carried a lot of shame. And in this moment, <coughs> he became free. What does it mean to be free in Christ? First time in his life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he, Jesus promises freedom from it. Freedom from things and also freedom for things. Um, because he has things for us to, to live and to do and to experience and to join him in. But free from bondage to sin. Um, one of the passages through our 21 days was the 1 Corinthians 10, 12. God always finds, temptation happens to everybody. Nothing, there's nothing new under the sun, somebody else says, um, or somewhere else says. But that God always will provide a way out if we'll look for it. It's there. Um, Jesus gives us strength in our weakness. He brings calm and peace to our storm, no matter how chaotic and harrowing things can be. I'm also free from rejection by God because of Jesus' love and the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace that he freely gives to each of us. Jesus, Son of God, gives us the power to set us free, to bring calm to our minds, to our hearts, amid any storm that we're walking through. He brings love and forgiveness to our lives, to our minds and our hearts. He dissolves shame. And that same power that Jesus displays in this passage, that is also the power that raised him from the dead, Amen. lives in us. He gives that to us. He empowers us. We know with his disciples, like we would watch as over those three years as Jesus walked with his disciples and, uh, and taught and they learned and all of the things that they experienced, he would teach them. And it, there would come a time after they had learned where he would empower them and send them out. And they would mm -hmm. go out in twos and they were healing and they were casting out demons and doing things. And there were these times where, or there was this one particular time that's captured in a couple of the gospels where they couldn't cast out a demon. And the dad's like, why can't your disciples do this? And Jesus says, you know, this one can only come out through prayer. Some versions say prayer and fasting, which really comes down to not conjuring up power on our own and internally motivating it, mm -hmm. being I am the healer, right. I am the liberator, but that fully peeling off all of us and letting God's power work through us and to trust his will mm -hmm. in his timing. Because we sometimes pray for healing that happens in a different way or in a different timing um, or other things, but we have to be able to stay close to God and trust him in that. I know that, um, say one of my sisters, the one I mentioned earlier, <laughs> um, life would be pretty difficult and um, she'd walk through a really long season of things that were hard. And, um, and I at one point began just really praying for her. And I just remember being, when I did the trauma healing training through Gordon Conwell uh, in Sim, one of the activities you walk through was a lament, and you would write a lament. And I remember lamenting mm. about that life situation and the brokenness and family and how hard that was, and would just continue and continue. And a couple years later, God would start to make a way, and just watching Him speak into her life and connect with her. Nothing that I could do, nothing that anybody else could do, but that she is walking in a different, 
completely different way. God is such a good healer. But I could have stopped and said, well, he's not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but he calls us to be, he nudges us with, with those kinds of things. And he gives us the power. And he wants us to look to him to help bring that power into the lives of others in Amen. this world. So as we've gone through these past three weeks, our sermons, the first one was the... Um, in the first Samuel passage, Samuel learns to hear from God, and that mm -hmm. week of prayers was around you know, drawing close to God, learning his character, seeing his moves around us in nature around us. We sang about it in worship today, too. Um, his moves in our lives, um, his character, his deep love. And then the second week, inviting him into the moments of our lives. And last week we talked about how Jesus calls us to repent and believe. And what does it really mean to believe? Not just believe here, but allow it to sink into our heart, into the core of our being that drives how we live and how we love mm -hmm. in his name. Mm -hmm. And then seeking him to allow him to guide our interactions with one another in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities. Um, not from a place of emptiness, I'm going to conjure this, but from a place of an overflow of his love, as we receive his love and his grace and forgiveness, it can overflow on others. Some Bible teachers use the phrase, outworking your faith. Um, but it's, it's taking that, what he gives and that power and that grace and the love that he gives. He frees us from, but also frees us for, so that others may, yeah, that others may come to know him. Amen. So the question that we're left with, one of them, is will we look for his power and his presence in the world around us? Are we looking for the goodness of God in the land of the living, as Psalm 21 says? Uh, I heard a speaker say, John Mark Comer, this past week, um, will we look for the goodness of God in the life we are living, in the life we have. We can sometimes be derailed a little bit from things that go a certain a different direction than we thought. We end up walking through seasons that we really didn't expect to, um, and we can be sidelined by that. But his goodness and his mercy are with us always. Will we, even in the midst of a storm, stop and look for it? and allow his power to guide us to be the power that we seek as we work and engage. Not to take power from others, but to take power from him and then to share that with others. In our psalm today, um, I just love the way this starts. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Do we ponder them? Do I ponder? what God is doing in the world around me that I see every day, his moves in the lives of people? Or do we replay and ponder the stresses, the offenses, the challenges, lost in the loss, bitterness taking root? I've been in both places. The key is to stay close to him and asking him to show us. Uh, the psalm continues, he has shown his great power to his people. Um, he does just and good, and his commandments are trustworthy. 
to be, faith, to be obeyed faithfully with integrity is a guaranteed covenant with them. Fear of the Lord, and that's reverence for the Lord. That's not being afraid that he's going to clobber us. Fear of the Lord is reverence for him. It's the awe in his power. It's the respect, the full respect for his power. With that, it's the foundation of true wisdom. And all who obey his commandments and follow his way, not the way the world might say, will grow in wisdom. Amen. And then our First Corinthians reading um, it's in verse 1, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Mm. I love that. It's love that strengthens the church. Like, will we take hold of the love that he offers us? And will we as individuals, will we as the people, his body, his church, love others, share his love with others? One of my devotions yesterday said, Jesus our King, and I had unlike the expected king because people knew he was the king to come, right? They knew mm -hmm. that the Messiah was coming. And then he came and they're like, when are you going to do all the stuff we thought you're going to do? Like overthrow Rome. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and take power and let us be in power. Um, but he suffers and dies because his kingdom is about <coughs> mercy and forgiveness rather than power and conquest. Mm -hmm. So we, keep, we need to keep adjusting our picture accordingly. His love strengthens us. His power heals us, it guides us, it empowers us. And we think about Mark's talking about, he's confirming his identity, Jesus, Son of God. God the Son, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Jesus, whom God sent. He loved us so much that we might have freedom in him, that we might know and dwell in him forever. So he's seated with God. Mm -hmm. He empowers us with his spirit who dwells in us, mm -hmm. right? And who will come again in glory. So I'll be honest, I wrestle with this sometimes. It's hard to live it out when life presses in, mm -hmm. right? We sometimes have old patterns of thinking and behavior and motivations that take us a different direction, but Jesus is always stronger, always stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know it. Am I living like I believe it? Are you mm -hmm. living like you believe it? Are we believing a lie that we can't, that we don't have power over, well, that's just the way I'm wired, or that's just the way it's always been, but he can free us Amen. from anything that we're willing to open our hearts and say, I'm really struggling here. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. I certainly don't know how to do it. But will you show me? Mm. And what we know is that he's with us and he will walk with us step by step by step. Every step. Keep practicing. When we're forward and when we fall backwards. And when we go forward again. Just continue to look for him. So I'd like to close today by praying through our passage from, ye from yesterday. This is Ephesians passage. Um, and I'm not going to preface it because it speaks for itself, but it's, it's just this beautiful prayer, a blessing, and that's where For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Everyone, help us to see that we're named in you, God, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit 
in your inner being, inner being, that core of who you are, the heart, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that we might believe it and live it, and that you, being rooted and grounded in Christ's love, may have the strength, the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, the full magnitude to know the love of Christ. Amen. Know the love of Christ. Love that surpasses knowledge, just like Paul tells us. His peace surpasses knowledge. His love surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think or imagine, according to the power at work within us, for good and for love, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Mm. The power and authority demonstrated in this gospel passage, Lord, we know is real. We know that you, that you bring it to us and that you want it, uh, that you are present with us and that you are in us. Uh, Lord, may we follow you. May we share your love for your purposes, for your glory. And through faith, we receive your love, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.